Frosted Leaf is Denver's most innovative dispensary. What I like about Frosted Leaf would probably be their knowledgeable bud tenders, their online kiosk, their online ordering, and then just pick up at the store. And then they're always getting new genetics as well, so that's always cool. Like Edgar mentioned, Frosted Leaf gives you no lines, no weight, and a self-paced direct shopping experience that allows a fast yet comfortable transaction without the awkwardness of a waiting room. Not only does Frosted Leaf have the hottest strains, but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases. I would recommend Frosted Leaf to a friend, and I would tell them to look forward to different strains and to knowledgeable help. Check out Frosted Leaf's three Denver locations and download their app today. Welcome in to our coverage from Indianapolis in the 2019 NFL Combine. Before we jump in, I want to let you know that the BSN Broncos podcast is presented by Elixinol. Don't take our word on Elixinol. Take former Broncos quarterback Jake Plummer's word on it. Plummer is a huge fan of Elixinol's Hemp Balm, a topical pain reliever that is just one of Elixinol's many great non-THC products. What's more, 5% of your purchase will go to a non-profit of your choice when you visit Elixinol.com to get yours today. Like I said, welcome into our coverage of the 2019 NFL Combine. It has been one heck of a day. We were up uh, in the 3 o'clock hour on a flight to Chicago. Went and had some Chicago deep st- deep dish pizza. Mm-mm-mm. It was delicious. Then we hopped on a bus, came to Indianapolis, walked about a mile to our uh, Airbnb, and here we are uh, coming to you from just a touch outside of downtown Indianapolis uh, with what should be a really fun week. Glad to have you all on board. Glad to have all of you who have subscribed under the Broncos promo code. And if you haven't already, time is ticking down from what I've been told. And this thing could expire at any second. So make sure you go in and use the promo code Broncos to get an annual subscription for $29.99. And on top of that, when we win this thing, which it looks like we're going to have a really great chance to do as long as we finish strong, uh, you will get a free t-shirt. So um, there's that. And also, as a good segue into what we're going to talk about here, Zach, and a good reason for people to go to bsndenver.com, I just posted a story. The headline is, let me get it in front of me. Source says uh, sickle cell trait won't rule John Brown out from coming to Denver. Doctor weighs in. So what happened here is I spoke with a source yesterday who told me, that John Brown's sickle cell trait, despite the scares uh, for a guy like Ryan Clark, will not keep him from coming to Denver. I could have posted a story yesterday on this, but I said, you know what? I want to. I want to know for sure. I want to know the truth before I post anything about this. So I spent all day trying to get in touch with a doctor. Finally got a, an interview set up today with a doctor. So spoke with a doctor and got all the information. Uh, and if you want to go read that story, 
you can check it out for free, even if you don't subscribe yet. You can check it out for free on bsndenver.com right now. Uh, but Zach, I have to admit, I was wrong because I was the one who said he has sickle cell. He can, he's not probably he's probably not going to come to Denver. That that could be dangerous. Turns out that's not the case. And so now we've opened up a new uh, box here when it comes to adding depth at wide receiver. Well, good on you for doing the research and finding out the truth, Ryan, because you talked to plenty of sources to figure it out. Also, welcome into the podcast because I just <laughs> talked for like five minutes straight. Hey, it's cool. I'm chilling over here. <laughs> and Ryan, this is, the, this is the perfect way to start the speed podcast we have today because we've got to bounce to an event tonight. Uh, so, so we're going to make sure we get to everything today, but we're going to do it in a timely manner. Yeah, I mean, we probably shouldn't even be doing a podcast because we have a lot of things to get to. Uh, but, I mean, we weren't going to come to Indianapolis and not check in with you guys. Exactly, exactly. So to start, start the speed podcast, John Brown, he is a speedster. Uh, of course, he was taken by the Arizona Cardinals in the third round in 2014, has put up some great numbers throughout his career. And last year, probably the, the most important numbers that he had were, were his time with Joe Flacco. He was only in Baltimore that one year. Now he's a free agent again. Last year, 700 receiving yards, 17 yards per reception. He is a deep threat. And Ryan, before I toss it to you, I have a quick question about the Broncos. Is Emmanuel Sanders a speedster? You could say that. I, I would say he is, is he, a fast is he a, wide receiver. Is he a beat you down or beat, beat you on the sideline deep speedster? That's not his game, no. Is Cortland Sutton a deep speed threat? Not a speed, no. Is Deshaun Hamilton a no. deep speed? Is Tim Patrick a deep speed no. threat? So the well, Broncos just the Broncos just don't have that. They don't have that on their team. So it makes sense to talk about a guy like this. Yeah, check this out. If you take the numbers that John Brown compiled with Joe Flacco across nine starts last year, and you prorate that out onto a 16-game scale, that comes out to 60 catches for 1,068 yards and seven touchdowns, over 17 yards per catch. The Broncos do not have a guy who's putting up anything like that. Yeah, that's not bad, is it? They haven't even had a 1,000-yard receiver in the last two years. No, and and here's how you know. This is a, a little bit of a scary stat. But this is how you know he's a deep threat. Here's his catch percentage throughout his career. First year, 47%. That means the number of times he's targeted, he's caught the ball. 64%, 53%, 38%, and last year, 43%. Now, I know some of that was uh, with Lamar Jackson, who, uh, who whose biggest thing he has to work on this offseason is throwing the ball. But still, some of that was with Joe Flacco. So uh, he's a guy where he's kind of the opposite, in a way, of Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders, you can count on when you throw him the ball, he's going to catch it. John John Brown's the opposite. You're going to throw him the ball deep, and you're going to take chances, and you're not going to hit on half of them. You want to talk about 50-50 balls? (laughs) More like 40-60 balls. Right. But if you hit them, they're big. Yep. And and that that's exactly what John Brown is. And, and that kind of allows him to compile those big yards per catch numbers, right? Is because when he catches it, it's going to be big. It's going to be down the field. It's going to be a game-breaking type play. And how many times have we talked about with Joe Flacco, this is what you need. You need a guy who can take the top off just the way that Joe Flacco can throw it. You need a guy who can run it. And if Emmanuel Sanders was 100% healthy and his legs were up to, you know, what you want from an NFL for number one wide receiver. I think he could be that guy. 
I think he can be the guy that keeps the safeties back and, and makes them afraid. Um, and I think him and Joe Flacco, if that connect, if we do get to see that connection, which I think we will, is going to be a great connection. But if you add John Brown to the mix, or another guy that we'll talk about in a second, all of the sudden you make yourself a lot more difficult to to cover, because even Demarius Emmanuel and Cortland weren't as as dynamic, and and I'll use the word dynamic in the sense of of you know how many different things they can do as Emmanuel Sanders, John Brown, and Cortland Sutton would be. That's three very different wide receivers. You've got kind of your possession receiver who's also pretty quick and runs fantastic routes in Emmanuel. You've got your big guy who you kind of just throw it up to him and and he's going to come down with it. And now you have this speedster. That's difficult to plan for if you are a defense. And it it kind of lends you to understand – why there's a lot of talk and a lot of buzz between the Broncos and speedy wide receiver prospects. Yeah, and I don't think these speedy wide receiver prospects replace Emmanuel. Nope. If they do, it's it's a risk. You're taking a huge gamble. It's an addition to Emmanuel and something we'll certainly dive into. And Ryan, you mentioned another guy. John Ross is also a potential option for the Broncos to add another John wide receiver at the speed position. It comes out today that new coach Zach Taylor is open to, if not just completely shipping John Ross. Two years ago, he ran a 4-2-2 in Indianapolis this week. Turns around two months later as the ninth overall pick. Since then, he's been as quiet as can be. Quiet as can be, but, but there was a glimmer. There was a flame. There was a little something that... Piqued my interest when I looked at John Brown's stats. Mm. John Ross. God, what that was that? Tie me up. <laughs> Seven touchdowns last season. Seven touchdowns on 21 catches. Again, 21 catches. Not what you want to see. Seven touchdowns. That tells me something, Zach. And it, what it tells me is that John Ross knows how to use that speed in short, small areas. He's finding ways to get open when they get down into the red zone. And seven touchdowns, maybe you're poo-pooing at that. You know how many touchdowns Emmanuel Sanders had for the Broncos last year? Four. Oof. You know how many touchdowns Demarius Thomas had for the Broncos last year? Three. Oof. Add them together. Add your two receivers who are making a combined, what, $30 million? Yep. Add them together, you get what John Ross, the guy who was a bust had in the end zone oh man oh man and and people are probably saying why do you say he's doing this on short things and not this big deep threat well he only averaged 10 yards a catch last year which is significantly different than john brown's 17 yards per catch and he has an even worse catch percentage than john brown at only 36 percent so one thing that's important to understand with with likely both of these guys you're not adding them to replace Emmanuel. You're adding them to add an element to this offense that you don't have and actually maybe make you feel good about the wide receiver position entering the season. So let me ask you this. Who would you rather have? Mm. There are some very interesting things here. John Brown, more experienced, more proven, more money. John Ross, younger, faster, cheaper. Mm more red flags if you will there's there has to be problems right I mean he he played in three games his rookie season was the sixth wide receiver on the depth chart uh when the regular season opened after being the number nine overall pick in the draft so you got to figure that out 
if you figure out that, that you can work with him, then probably him, it also depends, what are you giving up? Are you giving a sixth? Then you do that. If you're giving a third, then that's probably too much. But he comes at cap hits of $2 million this year and two point eight next year. And then if you want, you can extend that fifth-year option uh, in 2021 if he's lived up to it. And then I, th- I think he would still be a good deal, you know, significantly more than $2 million. John Brown, what are you talking, $7 million? Seems fair. So over three times more expensive. So I guess you take the risk. But the production has been way more than three times. It's true. It's true. But then are you spending – you're not spending big money on the receiver position. You can afford it with your, your three and four receiver if that's Cortland uh, and Deshaun being on rookie contracts. Uh, my the, – the, the, the RK in me is telling me to say John Ross. The John Elway in me, not even the John Elway, the football analyst in me is telling me to say John Brown. I like I'm usually the one who's like, you know, screw it, go for the flashy guy, take your risk, swing for the fences, you gotta. But it, it would really be a bummer if you go and get John Ross, you don't get John Brown. He just continues to be a bust, and you didn't improve your co- your wide receiver core. You know, that's almost too much of a risk for me. As much as I am the risk-taking guy, the risk of, of getting nothing out of this guy when you know you're getting something out of John Brown is maybe too high for me. Yeah, and it just it depends. If it's $7 million, then yeah, you probably go with John, with John Brown being the known commodity, and you know your quarterback likes him. Yeah, I think that's the logical, the logical thing to do. It is. Very logical of you, Ryan. I'm proud of you. Thanks. I really worked <laughs> through that to get to the pit of logic that I, that I was trying to work through here. All right. Well, like we said, it's going to be a quick one. So uh, we do want to get to your question. So let's move on here. And before we move on, I want to tell you about Get Around. If you're ever in need of a car, truck, or vehicle for a few hours or even a few days, Get Around is at your service. Get Around is a car sharing app. You can literally unlock cars near you, near you through their app. Better yet, if you have a car that's just sitting around, make some extra money for your next vacation. GetAround's insurance policy and 24-7 customer service have you covered. Go to get.co backslash bsn to save $15 off your first rental or visit get.co backslash bsn to sign up for free and rent your car out to start making money fast. Okay, Zach, let's go rapid fire on these questions. Try and get a, a, a sound opinion on what on what everyone has to say. Chiming in from Brian, he says, Hey guys, Brian here. Michael Crabtree to the Broncos? Thoughts? Nope. Quick thought for me, he's your replacement for Emmanuel Sanders if you go that route and not the best replacement. But he's not an addition, he's the replacement. Michael Crabtree doesn't excite me at all. Yeah. He wasn't even doing anything with Flacco. Yeah. Why would you bring in a guy who had no success with Flacco? Yeah. He, I think he's washed, uh, and nothing he did excited me last year. That would be a money-saving move, cutting Emmanuel and going after him. Next one from Samuel B. Sue. He says, hey, guys, two questions. One, why is everyone so down on Cortland Sutton? If I told you in August the stats he put up this year, you would have been you would have rated it as a big success. Great wide receiver like Calvin Johnson had similar stats their first year. I don't think we've been down on Cortland Sutton. Um, we came down from where we were on Cortland right. Sutton. 
uh, I mean, especially me, uh, and you were too. I mean, I was headstrong on Cortland Sutton. Um, I thought he was about to take the league by storm as a rookie. Came down from that because he didn't do that. And part of it was be- was Case Keenum's fault. There's a thread out there on Twitter. I wish I could tell you where it is and who it was. But he just posted the, some of the great stuff Cortland Sutton did and also included all the times that Case Keenum just missed him and didn't allow him to make a play. And that was just atrocious. But he dropped the ball too much. And that mixed with I don't know, I, I'm not, I, a little bit of attitude stuff. It's not, nothing that's too much of a problem. But he just came in looking like this fresh-faced rookie who was so grateful to be there and took training camp by storm. And then he kind of changed a little bit in terms of his attitude, and I didn't like that, and he didn't play as well as I thought he was going to. So, again, I'm not down on Cortland Sutton's future. I still think Cortland Sutton has a very bright future in the NFL, but definitely down from where we were at one point. You said it perfectly. Second, will Fangio's defense, zone defense, be better for Yadam, or was he better suited for a press man heavy defense? Well, the Broncos have been playing a certain defense at corner for a long time, and that is press man. Um, and so every corner that they've drafted from um, really, you know, going back to, man, I don't even know who, um, to Torian Nixon and Lorenzo Doss to Brendan Langley to Isaac Adam have all been drafted with the idea of playing press man. So it's going to be an adjustment for him. I really believe in Isaac Adam. Um, I think he has the right mindset to become a good NFL player, and I think he is learning in, with, with open ears from Chris Harris Jr., which was what Chris did from Champ Ailey. This is awesome. Keep up the great coverage. I bought a subscription for my son this week. He is a big Broncos fan also. I hope it turns into a T-shirt as well. P.S. Mexico, best Mexican food, worst tap water in the world, LOL. Man, that's awesome, Samuel. You are, you are helping us get the victory here. That is clutch as they say, and um, I agree on the uh, food and tap water situation there. <laughs> All right, next one comes in from Mad Dog 1988 says, if you're looking for a place the next time you're in Wisconsin, a burger place, try Murph's. Their burgers are massive, and you can put whatever you want on them. Really, whatever you want. I mean anything. <laughs> it's located in a southeastern city called Waukesha. We have a Paul yep. from Waukesha. Yep. Okay, here's my football thought, he goes on. Did you know since 1997 that the Broncos have a better postseason record than the Packers and Colts? They're 14-8, and eight, including a 3-1 and one record versus the Pats and Steelers. However, the Colts are 3-0 and oh in Denver. I was surprised when I researched that since the Colts had all those great seasons with Peyton and the Packers having Favre and Rodgers. In case you were wondering, Indy is 13-14 and 14 and the Packers are 13-15. and 15. Huh, that's a, that's a fun stat. Thanks for throwing that out there, Mad Dog. I wonder... I don't know. I'm trying to figure out why that. Uh, obviously, if you're going from 1997, you're including two Super Bowls. So that's two, three and O's. Three Super Bowls. Three. But I'm talking about starting with two. You're you're in, right. You started in a very convenient place. Right. So you start at at six and O. Right. Right. Um. And then of course you have another three wins. So there's nine wins. Yep. But that's interesting that they still put on five. Five wins and eight losses, even outside of the Super Bowl runs. Yeah, when they made it to the Super Bowl before getting beat, what, that was two wins? Two and one. Yep. And then they made it to the AFC Championship in 2005. Yep. So there's There's two, two. more. Yep. yep. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Jake Chris coming in. He says, hey, guys, just use the promo code. You guys helped me pass the time at the worst job in the world, snow removal. 
My question is, does Scangarello's scheme call for a running back workhorse or a running back by committee? Can go either way. Um, in the past, there's been a lot of workhorses, but remember Mike Shanahan's offense, they kind of liked having a workhorse because you, you like getting these guys in a rhythm in the zone scheme, but it's kind of plug and play. So you can take Philip Lindsay out and put in Royce and you can put in Booker or whatever. Please don't do that. Uh, but it's kind of plug and play. I don't think there is a true answer to this question. Last year in Shanahan's offense, they used about 1,700 running backs. Now, mostly due to injury, but, but they, they recycled a lot of them. All right, next one's from Attack Parrot. He says, love the burger podcast. Brian, not sure which In-N-Out you went to, but that burger is pretty damn good. I've been to In-N-Out in three different states. There, It's just bad times each time. Okay. Biggest drawback is the lines and the fries, which are technically the freshest I've seen as they're cut them right in the store before frying them. Those aren't potatoes. <laughs> Those are brown cover- colored plastic. Maybe they're just healthier. No, they taste empty it tastes like you're biting into a a fried piece of air a potato that just had air injected yeah anyways he says however they should probably figure out a way to fry them longer or something because they're really a soft bland mess (laughs) habit is a good option as well in the la area if you're ever out there so my question is this saw this mentioned above do you how do you but how do you think yadam and langley fare in the fangio d are their respective skill sets something that would work well in a Fangio D? Are they both too raw to provide any conclusive answer? Where do they stand on the great in-and-out slash general burger debate of 2018-2019? Are they Team Ryan or Team Zach? Thanks for the content. <laughs> By the way, LA tap water is trash, tragically, literally. And I totally miss Colorado tap water. Here's the thing about about uh, Yadam. Well, it's specifically with Langley. He has the talent to work in any system. It's it's just, is he going to be able to work in a system? I think we're going to find out very quickly um, how Vic Fangio feels about him and whether he's on the team or not. Here's the thing about Brennan Langley. He can't play, so mm. he's not going to be here. Mm. There you go. Uh, next one here comes in from, and by the way, I think, yeah, like I said earlier, and yeah, right. I think he can. Right. From Bronco Duck. Don't be ashamed of the food talk. Embrace it, Ryan. I can hear it in your voice. I just feel like we've created a monster. (laughs) Embrace it. I will embrace. He says, if you're going to Chicago, you've got to get an Italian beef sandwiches. There are a couple great beef, uh, great places for that in Chicago. The flavor is unmatched. You're going to have a lot of work to do this weekend, Ryan. We had Italian beef last year, or or did I just have it? Yeah, just you. Okay, I had it. It was fantastic. I mean, literally amazing. Um, This time we went for the pizza. And again, I, I hate this, but I'm on a diet. So I had to go with a different option, which I honestly think was better than the regular pizza. Maybe not better, but worthy. It looked the same from far away. You wouldn't be able to tell. What they did was they took, instead of crust, it's not like they gave you some gluten-free crust. No, they made the crust out of Italian sausage. <laughs> I'm telling you, they put an entire pan... Filled it with Italian sausage and then put pizza stuff on top of it. It was insane. It was amazing. Talk about protein. Yeah. And I told you, I'm like this. If you told someone you had this, they wouldn't like if you, and you weren't talking about a diet, they would think you got like the, the, the unhealthy thing. On right. The menu. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, he says, I'll be excited for all the win now moves in free agency. Assuming we get a quarterback at 10, there will finally be hope for the future with a first round rookie quarterback that this new regime believes in. That's something we haven't had in the organization in a long time. 
Next one coming in from Chilongo Bronco. He says, hi, guys. On the linebacker on free agency, of course, C.J. Mosley is the most appealing, but might get a franchise tag. And if not, it's going to be a lot of money. But there are other great linebackers out there, which may be cheaper examples. Jordan Hicks, K.J. Wright, and Anthony Barr. Well, at least the last one might not be cheap at all. Also, how about pairing Golden Tate with Emmanuel Sanders? Is this move feasible? Uh, imagine Tate, Sanders, and Sutton with Flacco and Lindsey. Hard to defend, right? Yeah, I think Tate would command a bit more money than John Brown. Um, so that would be, I think it would be a swap. I think it would be a Golden Tate for Emmanuel Sanders type of deal. I think so. I think he's a replacement. Um, as for the linebackers, I don't know why. I just have a feeling they're going to they're gonna go draft on linebackers. Um, I think the money they're going to spend in different positions. Uh, I think Vic Fangio might be with John Elway on the sense of you can find good young talent and plug and play. Linebacker is not one of those positions where you know it takes a long time to adjust. Usually these guys have been playing uh, middle linebacker for their whole life, and they're extremely instinctual. And they come in, you teach them the defense, and they run it. The reason you think that the Broncos might go that route, John Elway drafted two last year, and Vic Fangio obviously drafted one nine overall. Next one here comes in from C. Beasley. He says, hey, Zach and Ryan, just renewed my subscription and very pleased for the year of awesome materials that you guys put out. I've learned a ton about football in general by just listening to you guys, and especially more about the Broncos. I love all the food talk on this pod, and I'd like to give some controversial takes on some of the restaurants that have been spoken about. (laughs) In and out. I've had it around ten times due to coworkers wanting to eat there and me just going along, saying maybe this time it will be better. That's me. <laughs> you and me, Steve Beasley. Cole Beasley, potential future Bronco. Um, five guys is the best burger joint by far. I can get on board with that in terms of fast casual burgers. Chipotle, on the other hand, is very plain and simple in my opinion. Never talk to me again. <sighs> Uh, I've eaten there about four times and have not been impressed. It's good quality, but just doesn't have enough flavor. Cafe Rio is my go-to for American Mexican food. Yeah, talk about flavor. Well, I just feel like you're not ordering it right. Because, like, have you ever been somewhere that catered Chipotle? I'll tell you. And and you get, like, a burrito not the way that you order it, and you're like, what? Yeah, this is not good. Definitely, definitely. I'll tell you what, though. The meat at Cafe Rio is more flavorful, for sure, by so far. So, I get cheese, sour cream. I get the... Sometimes the corn salsa and the hot salsa. Yeah. And then I put the Chipotle Tabasco on it, mm. which they carry in the store. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm packing a lot of different flavors in there. I think you've got even more flavors just in the meat of Cafe Rio. Wow. Sweet pork. All right. I'm just saying, CBs, you got to test out the different <laughs> sauces. Maybe you're, if you're not a spicy person, that might be a problem. Right. Right. I could see that. All right, he says, Ryan, you mentioned a few times that you're on a diet. From what I understand, you might be on the keto diet. (laughs) If you are, why are you doing that to yourself? Don't you miss biting into a big, juicy burger without it slipping all over the place? On a serious note, has it helped a lot? I've heard lots of different takes on it and wanted to know your thoughts. Man, I never thought I'd be talking about this on the podcast. (laughs) I think think when people talk about their diets, it just always automatically sounds douchey. You're just trying to help the people out. I'll, I'll keep it brief. Yes, I'm doing keto. Why am I doing it to myself? I got to be honest. It hasn't been hard for me. Yeah. And so if it was, I probably would have bailed by this point, but I'm, I'm in week four. There you go. Right now. And I've found it to be pretty easy. I can have a burger with, without the bun, which obviously isn't as good, but you don't feel as bad afterwards. And as to if it's helping and working, it's working a, a lot. So 
that's why I'm doing it to myself because um, I want to show up at at OTAs and I want um, Vic Fangio to say Von Miller's in the best shape of his life, um, Cortland Sutton's in the best shape of his life, and Ryan Koenigsberg's in the best shape of his life. <laughs> there you go, and hey, you're looking it. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, he goes, now on to football talk. We're still going here. I keep hearing you guys say, well, if they get this player, insert draft name that's not a quarterback, I trust that Fangio, Scangrello, or Munchak like him. The name that gets left out is Elways. I understand he doesn't develop these players on a day-to-day basis, but I personally feel we are losing more and more trust in Elway and his draft picks. I saw a disappointing tweet about how the Broncos only have two picks left on the roster from anyone who's drafted by us before 2016. Yikes. And I'm thinking I need to prepare myself for Daniel Jones being the pick at 10. Sucks, but who I think that's who I think is number two on Elway's list. Man. We'll have to find out. We'll find out. Yeah, that that would be bad. Next one coming in from H-Town Bronco. He says, Hold on. We've been hard enough on Daniel Jones that that would be hard to sell to the people. It would be. It'd be very hard. And I don't think I could do it. It'd be very hard. I would have to see some things in training camp that I didn't see in at the Senior Bowl before I was on board. <sighs> yeah. I mean, especially because maybe you're talking about the fourth quarterback drafted and using a top 10 choice on that. Yikes. That's rough. Next one coming in from H-Town Bronco. He says, I appreciate y'all's take on loving all Mexican food. I don't understand the harsh sentiment on Tex-Mex. Sounds a little salty. It's absolutely great. Although I will admit Tex-Mex is missing New Mexico green chili, which is the absolute best. Every time my father goes to Colorado, he brings back a gallon in an ice chest. He's serious about his green chili, and I indulge in it as well. I do miss it. I always have a bowl every time I am in town. Man, that's impressive. One person who makes a great green chili is Brandon Spano. Ooh. Just, is he uh, having he, all of the listeners over? He has a batch ready for me. Ooh. He said it's keto approved. Oh, man. You'll have to hurry back. I know. He continues, now that I have followed the new norm on commenting on food first, I will move on to football talk. You're right, Ryan. It's becoming an epidemic. I'm very excited for free agency. It's like waiting for Christmas morning. I no longer think we will get C.J. Mosley just too good to be true. I also find it a little fishy that three weeks before free agency starts, we hear that they want Jonathan Hankins. Just sounds odd, to be honest. I think Amos and Quan Alexander are good bets if I'm throwing money down, but I can't forget about the offensive line. All this talk of defensive free agents, but we need to vastly improve the offensive line. I think we will sign Raymond Foster as he has a report with Munchak. Sounds like a perfect match to me. We also should sign a veteran wide receiver or tight end. We can't rely on Emmanuel anymore. I love him as a Bronco, but we he can't be our only veteran option being in his 30s and coming off an Achilles. Keep like, up the great content, men. Keep up the great comments, men uh, and women. <laughs> I appreciate uh, a lot of these sentiments. I think you're you. I think you signed too many people though, um, <laughs> because you signed Amos and Alexander and Foster, and then you also wanted to sign a wide receiver and a tight end. I don't think they have enough room. To yeah, that, that's a lot of cash. Unless you're cutting a lot. All right, let's take um, our our one and only true break here, and when we come back on the other side, we'll get to the rest of the questions. What's up, guys? Ryan Konigsberg here, and I got to tell you about the Blake Street Tavern. It's my favorite sports bar in town, as evidenced by the fact that we had our fantasy draft there. It's where I watched Super Bowl 48. It's where I watched CU win a Pac-12 basketball championship back in the day. Uh, It's the place to be for any sporting event. It's the biggest bar in town. I always joke you could land a 747 in there. 
It was named the National Sports Bar of the Year in 2017 by Nightclub and Bar Magazine. It wins Best Sports Bar in Denver seemingly every year from Westward, anyone else that's voting. It's the place to be. Uh, they've got great specials, and the food is out of this world. I recommend the nachos, the green chili fries, uh, the buffalo chicken wrap. You name it, they've got it. And the location is perfect, just two blocks north of Coors Field, and they have parking. So go check out the Blake Street Tavern. All right, final segment here on what is a, a speedy podcast, but certainly not lacking for content, and that's because of you guys uh, bringing, bringing it with all the questions and comments. And this next one here comes in from Bucking Bronco, who is a new subscriber. He says, just subscribed. No matter how many other podcasts I've listened to, this one is always priority over every other Broncos podcast. My question is, do you see the possibility of doing what Houston did with Brock and trading Case along with a pick just to dump the salary? <laughs> also, I'm seeing more and more mock drafts having the Broncos taking Hawkinson at 10. I would be okay with this only if we trade back. I also saw another mock that has taking Locke in the first and then DeAndre Baker in the second. Is this even a chance or should we not even bother giving this any hope? That's, the combine. that's incredible. A Broncos taking a tight end in the first round? I, I don't see it happening. Yeah, I mean, if you think he's Gronk, then you do it. Do you do it if you're the Broncos with what you need? I mean, Gronk is a game-changing player. He's, you know, the way I talk about Antonio Brown, that's what Gronk is for your offense. It's just from a different position. So if you think, you know, Hawk is Gronk, then you're, you do it. You're high on him. Do you think he's Gronk? He's not Gronk. Okay, so he do you do it? He is a very good tight end. He'll be a very good t- Almost more like a Zach Ertz hmm. yeah. um, than a Gronk. Zach Ertz set the record, I believe, for receptions by a tight end this season. So Zach Ertz can ball. So do you do it? No. Yeah, no. Uh, you don't do it. And do I see them trading Case along with the pick to dump salary? No. I think the way they dump the salaries, they cut him and they save the $11 million, eat the 10. Um, also, these mock drafts, um, that, that draft network place made this thing where you can like do your own mock drafts and it's super easy and all the fans are doing it and it looks really fun and I'm probably <laughs> going to do it too at some point. <laughs> it's just unrealistic. Like I saw someone get um, like Hanks in the fifth round. Wow. It seems way too late to me. Wow. Um, like a lot of these guys are falling to the second round, so uh, don't fall too in love with these things. I don't think DeAndre Baker's falling to the second round. No, I would agree. All right, next one's from Nick Scott. He says, we can argue about food all we want, and unfortunately I can't help much because I'm from Illinois where we have none of these. Well, hold on, you have lots of good food Yeah, you're from Chicago. Well, Chicago's in Illinois. He says, however, can we all agree that Dasani water bottles are the worst water in the world? I would rather have the water in Flint uh, kill me on the spot than drink Dasani. That is wow. insensitive. Wow. Um, but uh, I'm not going to comment because who knows? Dasani might want to uh, advertise on this podcast <laughs> one day. There you go. Keeping the options open. <laughs> <laughs> From Bobby Boucher. He says, hello, gentlemen. Name pronounced Boucher, obviously. He says, anyhow. Oh, by the way, I appreciate the pronunciation guy, but I think we've seen the water boy. <laughs> says, anyhow, I discovered your pod halfway through this past season, and I've enjoyed catching up. I became a member around Christmas and showered my family with some truly awesome merch. I was dreading the off season until I heard your claims about the epic coverage you guys offer. Very excited about that. See, he doesn't even know it's the off season. <laughs> Perfect. Like, Man, I can't wait for this coverage in the off season. This in season <laughs> coverage is great. <laughs> He says, okay, real talk here. Pizza. I spent the majority of my life in the Denver metro area and have been blessed with the opportunities to travel quite a bit. In my honest opinion, Parisi's on Tennyson in Denver is the best pizza I've had in my entire life. Get the La 
Diavola pizza, add mushrooms, and enjoy a mouth party of flavor commingling that you will never forget. <laughs> I hope you've had it and that you agree. If you don't, you are wrong. Much love and thank you for the work that you do. Maybe I'll ask a question next time. Hey, no, we appreciate all the good food advice, especially in Denver. Love it, Bobby. Thanks for coming in, Bobby. And, and once I can do it, I will go. <laughs> and maybe they have a sausage crust. Maybe they do. <laughs> Seems pretty uh, rare, but maybe I can... Um, Show Send it them to the him? recipe. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. From Polish Filipino. Fellas, I can't tell from your current uh, promo contest you are in if there's a way for current subscribers to help us out. Is there? I'd be happy to re-up for another year now if it would. Also, my ideal offseason would be Adrian Amos and Trent Brown in free agency and Devin White with a 10 pick. Keep up the great work. Um, it's kind of complicated. I would say the best way for you to help is to get your friends to subscribe. Um, you could uh, technically you could cancel your subscription and start a new one. Uh, we used to be able to add subscribe add a year onto your subscription. We can't do that anymore, unfortunately. So, if you really, 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 really want to help, that would be the way. It, it's just a little odd. Um, the best way is to go walk down your street door to door to everyone who has Broncos stuff in their car or on their on their porch and tell them to subscribe. Man, yeah, absolutely on that. If you add someone in the secondary, someone in the front seven, and you get a stud left tackle, that sounds pretty good. I agree. Um, from Smashley. Hey, Zach and Ryan. Honestly, I'm surprised no one has asked this yet. What do you think about players from the AAF coming to the NFL, and has anyone stuck out to you? Man, I, it's not like I'm actively avoiding the AAF. I just think my offseason naturally um, moves away from the television on Saturday and Sundays. Yep. Because during football season, all I do is watch TV on Saturday and Sundays. Um, so I haven't been purposely not watching TV on Saturdays and Sundays. It just seems what I do on the offseason. So I, I haven't seen a full AAF game yet. I will say Nelson Spruce is sticking out to me. <laughs> he had two touchdowns for my San Diego fleet. Hey, this week. there you go. There you go. Uh, he also goes on and says, also, I can't believe that someone from Clovis, New Mexico, or Cannon Air Force Base listens. I'm talking to you, Z Christensen. Hit me up. My email is below. And he posted his email for you there. So go check that out, Z Christensen. Maybe you guys can have a little BSN Broncos, New Mexico, green chili party. Uh, there you go. Do you know the, uh, wait, What? who's your crew? The San Diego Fleet. Do you know their hashtag? Hashtag oh, all in. Oh, you're close. You're close, but you're clearly not a fleeter. It's hashtag all hands on deck. Makes sense. I don't do hashtags. <laughs> yeah, I don't so either. So you'll never see a hashtag on my Twitter account. Um, so I don't follow the other ones. All right, from Captain Hook. He's getting back to the first segment a little bit. It says, just read a report that the Bengals are shopping John Ross. I wasn't a listener of the podcast at the time he was drafted, so I was curious what your opinions were him on the time he was drafted. And now, and also... What do you think it would take to get him? Personally, I think if he can stay healthy, he sounds like the perfect option to add if you're looking for Flacco deep threat to complete the wide receiver room. When John Ross came out, he had just absolutely torched the buffs in the Pac-12 championship game. And I was... I remember liking him. Then he came here and ran the 4-2 whatever. 4-2-2. 4-2-2. And I was like, wow, that's incredible. I still don't think I would have advocated picking for picking him in the top 10. Um, I don't remember exactly. Maybe I was saying you should take him number one overall, but I highly doubt that. Um, 
I don't think I was sky high on him, but I'm sure, like most people probably were, I definitely thought he was a first-round talent. I actually didn't. Th- I said stay away from him in the first. If you want to take a flyer, you can do that. But I wasn't as hooked into the Pac-12, so maybe you know he could have been great, and, and then I would have been mistaken. But I just really saw the traction pick up this week in Indy when he, when he ran the 4-2-2, and that scared me. Yeah. I love this event. If, if this is your work... For your draft, you are going to have a bad draft. Yes. The work has to go much beyond this. And, and honestly, this should just confirm what you already know, right? right? You should watch John Ross and be like, oh, my God, that is blazing speed. Yep. And then he comes here and runs a 4-2-2, and you're like, wow, that's kind of what I thought. I thought right. he was going to blow me away. Exactly. The, you should not be surprised by anything that happens here because you should be able to see it on tape. Exactly. Did you read this one from Tom3565? Missed it. As a monthly subscriber, can I use the promo code to get to go to a year subscription? Yes, you can. Um, you can upgrade your subscription to a one-year subscription, and that you won't have to do any cancellation or anything. So um, for Tom3565, go use that promo code Broncos and upgrade to the annual subscription. Yes. Got him. <laughs> What's that, that video? He's like, ladies and gentlemen. We got him. <laughs> um, last one here from Bleed Orange and Blue. And guess what? What? Another new member. Here we go. God, this is Here awesome. we go. All this talk about what is bet the best fast food burger joint got me to subscribe and get off the fence. Hey, it worked. <laughs> I guess we're not slowing down now, baby. Now we're you're happy about it. <laughs> BSN Burger Podcast. Uh, he says, I'm from California, but currently living in Arizona. And I went to college at Regis University in Denver. I love my In-N-Out because you get a whole meal for eight bucks. I went to Five Guys recently and was shocked by the cost of a small cheeseburger, small fries, and a drink, 12 to 13 bucks. It was tasty, I have to admit. When I lived in Denver, I liked going to Lark Burger. It was similar to Five Guys, yet price was similar to In-N-Out. Is Lark Burger that cheap? Lark Burger is, it's kind of in the middle, but they have a little change of a business philosophy coming up. They're changing you got some insider trading <laughs> info here. <laughs> I was sent an email from their uh, <laughs> okay. from someone up top. They're changing their name and their branding, so we'll have to see what that is. You don't know what it is? Uh, it's I think it's called Lark Spot, and I think it's to incorporate more. And whatever that means, I'm not sure. Maybe burritos. Who knows? Mm, okay. Well, <laughs> um, when they do that, they're gonna need a place to pump out their narrative. They and do. I have the podcast. <laughs> Uh, anyways, I agree with you on the price of In-N-Out. I've never felt like I got ripped off because it was so cheap. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. Not a terrible experience then. Right. Uh, on to more, like, like last night I had a dinner. I'm not going to put them on blast, but (laughs) it just, it was expensive and it didn't live up. Mm. And I I was like really bummed. Mm. Like if you spend a lot of money and the food was great, you don't walk out of the restaurant being like, damn, I shouldn't have spent that money. Exactly. Felt that way last ah. night. Never felt that way about in and out. I'm just like, okay, well, got what I paid for. Fair. Uh, anyways, on to more important issues. The Broncos are in a tough spot in the draft. They can roll the dice and see which quarterback is available at 10, trade more of their future to move up in the draft for a quarterback they really want, or take the best player available. I believe they have too many holes and need draft picks to fill them. I think the smart play here is to trade back to 13 with Miami, get a couple of extra picks in this draft and next draft. They need to draft a tackle and Risner is a great fit for the offensive line. Possibly draft him in the second with the extra pick from Miami. What do you guys think? Keep up the great work. I'm excited each time I see a new podcast. It's the highlight of my day from Will. Honestly, this is probably the most responsible thing to do. I just don't know if they're going to do it. I mean, John Elway said they were close to doing it last year, but then Bradley Chubb fell. 
Uh, is he willing to pull the trigger? He's done it in the past. He's moved up and down in the draft and had no problem. Uh, so I think this is probably the route I would go. I don't know if I want to trade back to 13. I may want to go further back to get a first round from next year. Yeah, if they would have traded back, it would have been the idea of getting Jair Alexander. And people would probably be pretty happy if the Broncos had Chris Harris Jr. and Jair Alexander right now. But probably not as happy as with, with Bradley Chubb. But they would also have more ammunition to maybe get a quarterback in this draft. So who knows? I I could see him trading back. I could. If a quarterback that they don't like is there and they're you know on the fence with a couple defensive guys, then they just say, oh, let's trade back and get whatever guy of these falls three spots. Exactly. And that wraps it up for us today on what was a semi-quick podcast. Maybe not for other podcast standards, but for ours. Uh, we have a lot to get to tonight, uh, and that means more information for you guys tomorrow. We will be speaking with Vic Fangio first thing in the morning. Our goal is to touch base with you guys after that. So a very Vic Fangio-focused podcast coming tomorrow. Hopefully we can maybe learn a few things tonight out on the town in Indy where uh, the gossip flows like wine. And speaking of wine, before I completely let you go, I want to let you know that you can order your liquor on a mobile app, have it delivered right to you on the same day, and save money while doing it. Yep, that's the truth. Total Beverage delivers to most of the metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie, and they have the lowest prices in Colorado. Plus, they're locally owned and operated, so you're helping out the local guy, and we know you love the local guy. For a limited time, Total Bev is offering $10 off your purchase of $50 or more on their website and app. Use promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your purchase of $50 or more for all of your parties and have it delivered directly to your door. Thanks for tuning in. And for Zach Stevens, I'm Ryan Konigsberg. We'll catch up with you from Indy tomorrow. It's getting me down.